Yeah, here, we're fine. Have you ever felt emotions? Then do we have the podcast for you. Feel Feelings is a weekly podcast where comedians Danny Getz and George Bruderman sit down with some of the funniest, emotionally distraught people, i.e. comedians, they know, and talk feelings. Every Friday, hear very funny people reminisce on Ren and Stimpy, worry about the Wizard of Oz, and emote over their emo phase. Check out Feel Feelings with Danny and George, a show about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Hey everyone, this is Mike from Get in the Garage. I'm here with Luke, hey, the man himself. Uh, thanks for joining us once more. Uh, today we are going to cover the king of rock and roll himself, really. Little Richard. Little Richard. Rest in peace, Little Richard. Yeah. Sad. We were going to do something different, but, you know, given the circumstances, we figured, you know, we got to pay, we got to pay homage to, uh, to arguably. Yeah, like the founder. The cre- Yeah, like the creator of uh, rock maybe and roll. Not the, you know, maybe not the founder, because I was thinking about this the other day, getting a little philosophical on it. Yeah. I was thinking, is rock and roll more of a spirit than a uh, style. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think so. I feel like the spirit of Little Richard is rock and roll to this day. I feel like when someone describes a band as rock and roll mm. now, because you really don't have a lot of true rock and roll guitar bands. Yeah. I feel like uh, that spirit is derived straight from Little Richard and what he was doing back in the 1950s. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the first, I mean, okay, not the first historically, of course, but like in of that, say, generation or era, like the first kind of, I think rock and roll is the first kind of like rebellious kind of thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's, I I can't. Rebellious. I feel like everyone's music was rebellious to their parents, like forever. It's probably like folk music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, they're like, oh, those kids and their folk music. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Well, I mean, Bob Dylan, but you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying like, you know. But I think that... But that that banjo is going to get you the devil. Or maybe I'll say this, is that the spirit of rock and roll um, resides in almost any kind of music, depending on the way that it's being delivered, right? So, I mean, yeah. I think like I think Definitely. that Mozart could be kind of rock and roll, you know um, what I'm yeah. saying? Or like Bach, or like even... Even, like, if you listen to, say, like, Irish folk or something like that, like, if, you know, under the right circumstances, it's still got this sort of, like, I don't know, it's got that quality about it that it's just, like, yeah. Yeah, It's man. like rock and roll, the spirit of rock and roll, man. So, yeah. Little Richard, Mike, why don't you hit us up? Where is Little Richard from? Like, what is his story? Where is he coming from? Where is his music going? All right, yeah, yeah. So, uh... Yeah, born in uh, Macon, Georgia, right? Macon, Georgia, uh, in 1932. And from what I've, uh, from what I saw, he has sort of a, a common narrative, which was like the Aretha Franklin's, where it's like the first real impact on him musically seemed to be gospel music, like praise music, stuff like that. You know, that's kind of like 
Like most of them, that's like where he cut his teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah, singing in church. Yeah, singing in church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because it's like, what? Um, it's like his first experience with music was one that was connected to a faith, right? So what? Like, how does that affect someone? If we're thinking about this, how does that affect someone versus somebody who just like is like, say, born into a family that just casually listens to music? Not that it's not. You know what I mean? Depending on what whatever it is. But, like, I think that as a musician, the first music that you're introduced to has a profound effect on you as a musician, like, over your career. You know what I mean? Your musical career. Mm. Yeah. Know? Okay. Like, like how you would say now, maybe people are more secular. So if they're picking up a guitar, they're making more of a personal statement. Where maybe as if you started singing in church, you're making more of a spiritual statement. Because right, that's where you're right, coming right, right. from, and that's where you learned how to sing, and that's yeah. what you learned music was initially. Yeah. That's very interesting. You know? I, I don't know. I just... I, I, no, I, I do. That, I dig you know? that. I think that's, I think that's interesting. I think yeah. that's... Uh, and his I, father was a pastor, and his mother worked... Like, she worked for the church in some sort of, uh, some sort of way. But his dad... I mean, his father was doing all kinds of... He owned, like, a nightclub that they ran, like moonshine out of you know he was his his dad was kind of a jack of all trades but um so yeah i mean flash forward little richard's like 14 years old sister rosetta tharp hears him singing outside of like a venue right uh before one of her concerts or whatever she's like hey not bad 14 year old little richard how about you how about you open up for me and he's like all right cool so he does which I mean, like, think I, I don't I, know. Think about that. Like, your I, first gig is Sister Rosetta Tharp. Like, that's pretty right. Also coming out know. of the church, you know, right, so right, like, right, right. Direct of course. influence yeah, yeah. too, and yeah. you know, the rock and roll. It's kind of melting in there a little bit yeah. at that time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the the cool part, the 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 part of that story that interests me the most was Little Richard got paid for when he did that. I feel like that showed him. Oh, like, yeah. oh. I can I can do this. Yeah, this is a thing. Like you can I can pay bills. Yeah, yeah. I, gonna, <laughs> I can make some cash at this. Yeah, I, yeah. I I can do this. I'm good at this. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that so, sets him going. Yeah, um, that gets him going, and then really, I think around I can't I can't remember he, the name. Like, of it. He forms a band. Yeah. He starts touring uh, the Chitlin circuit. Um, I believe he's in a medicine show at first. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's in a medicine show, and then also he is uh, he's doing drag shows. Oh really? I yeah, he played piano for like drag shows for like a little while, and this that which is kind of crazy if you think about this, right? Because it's like what nineteen fifty something. Like he's playing these, you know, these kind of crazy sort of drag shows, and then you think of like, like RuPaul the, and yeah. people of like art, yeah, you know, or and, and like how that had an effect on the music that he would later write anyway. Because, I mean, the music that he wrote after the fact was kind of sleazy. You know what I mean? And, oh, like, yeah. the, and drag shows, I, I mean them, and they're, like, delightfully sleazy. You know what I mean? They're, like, it's sleazy on purpose. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, and it's fun, you know? And that's, when you listen to, like, Long Tall Sally, you're like, yeah, man. <laughs> you know? like it's It's, like, it's a little, I don't know. It's just fun. It's so much fun. And it's it's funny and... It was, you know, it's a great, yeah, like great Little Richard was kind of like on the cutting edge of thinking. You know what I'm saying? If he's, yeah. if he's, or in, you know what I'm saying? He's culturing himself with different people. Yeah. So that is an interesting take to start coming from musically. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, though, he signs to RCA Records in in '51. He has a deal with Parrot Records in '53, but these. 
don't pan out at all. Um, and Mike was actually kind of informing me that it was because they were trying to get him to play music that wasn't him, that wasn't yeah. coming from where he was coming from. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to... I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like, if you look at when Aretha is first signed, right? She's signed to Columbia before she leaves to go to Atlantic. Yes. And it's like they don't really know what to do with her. They're having her sing standards. And you don't really see who Aretha Franklin really is until you, the Atlantic records start happening. You know what I'm saying? So I think Little Richard had a similar narrative in that in the very beginning. They're like, okay, we have to find a, we have to find something that sells that we can model him after so at least we know we'll make a little bit of money. You know what I mean? So they're like, all right, screw it. Uh, Ray Charles or B.B. King, take your pick. Which way do you want to go? Which is, like, yeah. terrible. And he's just like, I don't want to go either of those directions, you know? And he's... And... and um, and it's, like, for real reasons, too, because uh, there's a Library of Congress interview that I've listened to recently from, like, 1984 where he talks about it. And they're like, yeah, you know, they wanted me to sound like B.B. King. And, like, I love B.B. King. He's a friend. I love the blues. But it's, like, the blues to him kind of represented a version of the South that may, for him, wasn't a great experience. Or was, you know what I mean? Like, maybe there are, there's, like, we're not... Idiots here, you know what I mean? All this stuff was happening in the South, man, you know? So blues was attached to that, and I think he was trying to... To push shed, Like, shed himself from that, because it's just, like, that sort of, like... He says, like, the moaning and groaning and all that stuff. It's great and all, but just that wasn't what he was trying to do. That's That wasn't what he was feeling. That's He wanted to do something different. Yeah, like, when I listen to Little Richard, I just feel it soaring above all of that. I just, I just hear it going yeah. up to a, a like a positive place and it's so in it's intense though yeah you know oh, yeah, yeah as yeah. the blues can be intense in a sorrowful and i mean i can get in that frame i love the blues i can yeah. get in that frame and love the uh uh bad is good thing and enjoy yeah. that but little richard was like playing right out of that i think little richard had something in him that was it's just like, what if I played with no thought about how anybody thinks of me? Like, I don't care. I'm just going to yeah. play from my soul in the moment. I'm going to scream and shout. I'm going to holler. I think that is what set him apart from his peers. Because, I mean, you listen to other, you know, you have, there's other rock and roll songs going on. Mm -hmm. But when Lil Richard hits on Specialty Records... He he just flies because it's all his music. When he began to record, he went down to I believe New Orleans. He was like, mm -hmm. I want to sound like these guys. I want those guys on my records, the yeah. Fats Domino's guys. I want those guys. They can swing. I want to play this jump rhythm. You know, yep. that's where it was. That's where it was at for him. And it's the artistic direction. And I feel to the credit of Specialty. I mean. Great record label. Everything on Specialty is, like, super awesome. Mm -hmm. It's all old-school rock and roll. It's, I mean, but it's, like, old-school rock and roll with that, like, more, like, horns and blues. It's not Sun Records. It's yeah. a completely different other feel. Well, thing. that's, I was, you know, I, while I was driving over here, I was thinking to myself, like, how crazy is it really, right? So, when Little Richard was going on tour, in what, like, the mid to late 50s? With, like, all these other acts and stuff. Like, he played with Fats Domino. He played with a lot of good people, right, on tour and stuff. Yeah. To think that you had 
you have here on one end, right? You have this these uh, like a tour that's made up of Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis would pop in, Roy Orbison would pop in. So you have all. It, I just think what's ironic, right, is how you have like all the segregation stuff happening, and yet really what you're doing, what you're what you're finding is is you're just finding younger people going to these concerts. That's it's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like. It, it was a great a rock and roll was a great equalizer yeah. because you know what I'm saying and yeah. but like that's a whole that's a whole issue I feel like with Lil Richard is you know El, let's be straight Elvis is not the king of rock and roll and we know this <laughs> yeah no because as soon as he he's the king but he's not the king of rock and roll I, I mean there you go you know what I'm saying he's, Elvis was the king in his own world that's a yeah. whole other story yeah, but yeah. <laughs> For Little Richard, it's that voice, it's that scream, it's that wail, it's that energy. Hmm. And that's all him. I mean, you're you're going to talk about Elvis's first record. What's the first song on it? It's Tutti Frutti. Little Richard's first single on Specialty Records that came yeah. out. You know, it's like that's where that's where it's at. It's as soon as Little Richard back in the day would release a single. A white artist would record that single, yeah. and it would shoot up the chart. Yep, and his would go down the chart. It happened. Uh, Pat Boone covered his material. Yeah, I was gonna say Pat Boone. Yeah. Elvis Presley. This would happen, and it's it's complicated because at one at one look at it, you're like, man, that's some BS. That's some straight BS. Like yeah. Little Richard's version is obviously way better than anybody else's. He's Little Richard, like. Yeah. You can't top it. But at the same time, these white artists were making white teenagers look at it and go, that song's cool. And then if you turned a little deeper, you would know that little Richard, it was easy to track back. It wasn't that hard. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you would yeah. know where it was coming from and it would open up, you know. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because really it would bring people together. Yeah, because they um But that's such a complicated Thing because at, at one look at it, it's you know, it's white people pushing down, yeah. Because also, let's talk about this the record labels that were uh recording black artists, mm. they were called race records. That's <laughs> you know, if and if I and the, all the white yeah. artists they're backed by big, big corporations like yeah. specialties, like kind of a smaller deal. Chess, smaller deal. Yeah. You know? And I think, too, if... I don't know if this... I think I read this somewhere. That's, like, for most of the artists... Like, Little Richard, for example. He would have to chart on other lists first. Like, lists that were predominantly African-American artists. Like, you'd have to go up the R&B and blues charts first before you were even, like considered to go on to like the top 40 charts yeah so that's what he was saying he's like in order for me to for my music to be played on like a mainstream pop radio i had to for you know like in other words where i think with a lot of the white artists they were immediately put on the pop 40 oh yeah where it was like for a black artist they had to earn their list first Mm -hmm. before they were allowed to go onto another list so it's like it's a very but he did it though that's the that's the crazy thing is that with I think it was what was it Tutti Frutti or Long Tall Sally one of those two he he was the one who who finally got the credit and uh, Long Tall Sally is an interesting origin story yeah Long Tall Sally is great so once that had happened with Tutti Frutti his he was like 
man, this sucks. Like, I don't want that to happen again. So he takes Long Tall Sally. And this song is, I love this song. The lyrics to the song tell such a great story in such a short amount of time. Mm. So basically the story is his uncle says he has the misery, you know, and he has to go, you know, out. Mm-hmm. Do something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Drink, you know. He's at the bar. <laughs> yeah. But little Richard knows that that dude's having a lot of fun because he's with Long Tall Sally. Yeah. Now this is coded lyric. He's with another woman. He's messing around. Yeah. And then his aunt catches, you know, his uncle messing around. Yep. And he ducks down the alley and runs away. <laughs> it's a it's a short little story. It's like yeah, it's so funny. It's it's raunchy. It's yeah. funny. It's awesome yeah i mean and this song is played at like for that time like a breakneck jump speed it's like you know yeah 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 so there was a there was a motivation behind playing it so fast right yeah because he he... spits the lyrics to the song so fast that you almost can't understand it which one because it's a bit vulgar and two yeah because he didn't want anybody to know anybody to copy it he sang it so uniquely he was he was trying to sing it so nobody else could cover it. Yeah. So it would be so hard. You know, that first line, I'm going to tell it, Mary Battle, he's rushing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, he's, and he's then, right through it. Man. Yeah, by the time the band kicks in, they're like, you know, they're yeah. just kicking it because the words are so fast. Yeah. The yeah, words yeah. make the, the music sound faster than it really is. Right. You know, it's almost one of those things. And, I mean, that's amazing. And then the B-side to that song is Slipping and Sliding, which is like, Another classic, yeah. like the piano riff on that in the in, in the beginning is it it blows my mind every time. Yeah, I read a crazy fact, which was like, okay, so Tutti Fruity comes out fifty five, Long Tall Sally is fifty six, and then he has fifteen more hit singles in three year time span. Yeah, like he in that in that uh, Library of Congress interview, he's just like. Yeah, you know, most singles that come out that have an A side and a B side, but all of my singles, he said, when I released them, A and B hits double. Uh, yeah, double. Yeah, he was like, there was every, you know, like he's like, nobody at the time was kind of like doing what he did in such a short period of time, kind of thing. I mean, and, you know, obviously you had your Elvises and all that who were like selling all these records and stuff, but like. I mean, he, like, it, think about it, really. In three years, he laid down a foundation of music that would inspire pretty much any other form of music that came after it. Yeah. You know, because he took, like, like Robert Johnson, say, before him, right, who, like, took something and delivered it in a way that's like, oh, and then you see the evolution of blues. I see Little Richard's rock and roll as just really the next evolution of that music that preceded it in that way. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what you do. You have these kind of, these landmarks along the timeline where you're like, oh, okay, boom. Rock and roll is born out of, like, the, the, the deep south and blues and gospel and R&B. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's I don't know. It's so, cool. what, so, we kind of talked about the songs. Talk about Little Richard. Mike, like, personally, what was your first experience with Little Richard? Because I, I think personal experience with music is, well, that's all it is. Yeah. Like, I think, I mean, I, okay, I feel like songs like Tutti Fruity and Long Tall Sally are in the pantheon of songs that maybe you can't remember the first time you heard it because it was just always, the, it's always, it's it's like always just been. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As kind of like you you hear it and you're like, oh, this is, you know. But for me, maybe the first conscious <laughs> uh, 
experience I ever had with Little Richard was probably when he did uh, Rubber Ducky on Sesame Street, and he's, okay. like, playing the piano in the big bubbly bathtub, you know? And you're like, who is this guy? Like, what? <laughs> you know? And it's, I mean, so maybe, yeah, the first conscious thing of, of, of seeing a person and being like, oh, that is Little Richard. You know, maybe that was my first... But at in ter- like musically speaking, like because Sesame, you know what Sesame catches Street your ear. was just so hip, right? Dude, I mean, I, I, mean, I enjoy that. Luke, I have a son, and he's you know he's creeping up on a year old, and he loves Sesame Street. So naturally, me being the uh, oh, being you, the the, 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 hipster, the little Richard, being the hipster that I am, I'm like, oh, we're gonna watch all the old school, like the '70s Sesame Street stuff. He hates it. He couldn't care less for it. He's like, what you know. He's not into it. It's not like this like, reaching that's Elmo not, that's now. That's not my Sesame Street. Yeah, right. His is later, but um, but yeah, no. I mean, we. I, I, of course, I played him the the Little Richard uh, Sesame Street thing. I think I, if if you remember correctly, I I taped it on a social media outlet that I don't know if I can name for legal reasons, and then sent it to you guys. Remember, like the group. Oh chat? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do remember yeah, this yeah. now. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, and it's see for me because I'm a guitar player, so. This could uh, actually is a good segue into another topic that I think we wanted to hit was my real experience with rock and roll, I would say, was Chuck Berry. Okay. Right. So being a guitar player, obviously, no matter, you know, you gravitate and then you, you, you're you into whatever you're into and those guitar players, you kind of end up going down the line and right. reducing so things down. So, you know, yeah, you start with metal and you work your way back kind of thing. And I eventually worked my way back to... Yeah, you know. for for me it was the line of piano. It was it was Jared Lee Lewis, and then Jared yeah, yeah. Lewis is going, "Hey man, so it's it's Little Richard, you know, like it's that guy." Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah you yeah. know, that's a cool thing I think about about like Jerry Lee. He would clearly be like, "Yeah, Fats Domino, yeah, Jared, uh, you know, Little Richard." It's yeah, that's he, where, he did you know? the uh, he he pulled the uh, uh, the Rolling Stones thing where he they're just like, "You think it's us, but it's it's really Muddy Waters." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. He gave the props. They didn't pull the Zeppelin. <laughs> Where they're like, As yeah, we definitely, Willie Dixon definitely didn't write this song. I, I wrote was, Bring It On Home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Gallows Pole? Yeah, that was us, man. That was Paige Plant. Come on. That's not a that's not a traditional blues standard. Anyway. I, I think I came at Little Richard from, from that angle. Mm. But, I mean, for me, hearing music used to be really hard. I would, like, read about it and hear about it before I would, like, ever get to listen to it. Hmm. Because, like, this is, like, almost, like, pre, pre-internet-y, pre like, stuff wasn't really up on YouTube that much. Right, yeah, everything was still kind of in its It was, like, infancy. hard to find. Like, music would, would get pulled down really easy. Yeah. And if you wanted to listen to something, like, you kind of had to buy it. Like, off, even, like, iTunes was kind of there, but, like, it, I didn't have any money. Yeah, because let's be real, you and could, like, download I, those, like... I barely had, like, inter- good internet access to yeah. even, like, load a YouTube video yeah, in, yeah. when I was in high right. school. So, like, it was hard to listen to music I wanted Yeah, to. you're better off just spending the $9 on that CD at Walmart, you know what I mean? Well, like, see, this is where I'm coming from. I was a record collector, and I, I mean, I was really just... Trying to listen to as much stuff as I could because you know I'd listen to the Beatles and I was like, well, I like the Beatles. Who do the Beatles like? Oh, well, the Beatles like Buddy Holly. Okay, I like Buddy Holly. You know because I found that record at the yard sale. And then you know who else do the Beatles like? Oh, the Beatles like uh, Little Richard. You know they covered uh, Long Tall Sally. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so where's the Little Richard records? Man, they're hard to find. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it took me a while, and somebody gave me a box of 45s one day. They were a DJ, and I, I slipped them on, and, man, I was like, this is so cool. 
my first thought was like, this is just like the Ramones. Like mm. the bark, the like the vocal is like kind of like, you know, and it's all driving, and it's it had that energy to me, and I, yeah. I that's why I instantly related to it because that's where I was coming from. You know, I was listening to you know punk music, but I yeah. was kind of like the Beatles, and I was just trying to absorb everything I could, and. Mm. Thank God for free boxes of singles because I took, I took <laughs> yeah, right. everything. I listened to everything just because it was like, well, is it good? Do I like it? I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Willing to take a chance on yeah. just the right, you know, you, like even if it's like you pick it up, you don't know who the heck it is, you know, just put it on. I don't know. It may be cool. Yeah, and cool too. Like, I mean, we were talking specialty records earlier, like the format yeah. of vinyl. I mean, I saw the record, the 45s I got, they said specialty. And I remembered that. I was like, well... From what I kind of know about record labels is if one of them's cool, like, maybe another one's cool. I've never seen this one before, so yeah. if I find another one with a different artist, that's probably cool, too. Right. So, I mean, that was, you know, that was the other whole thing. Like, yeah, there's a... Uh, collecting uh, that way and learning music. Well, there's, yeah, there's a thing where it's like, say you go to a record store and you pick up a record, and it, it looks pretty clearly like it's an R&B record, and then you look and it says Atlantic Records... It's probably a good record. Right. You know, there's certain things that you look... If you see something that's on chess, you're like, well, it's probably good. Okay. It might, you know, like... Yeah, it's like... You can take a gamble on certain record labels, in other, in other words, you could say, and you know. And you know what my favorite part about that is? Is most of them like that were independents first. It's mm. the chess records, the specialty records, yeah, your yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Blue Note. Plays. Yeah, Blue Note. Like, ne- you- I've never gotten a Blue Note record that I didn't like, even if it had a lineup that I didn't know anyone on it. Yeah, it's just like, it's just cool to listen to. Good. And even if it's like really, you know, it's just that... that that spirit, I feel it's like that independent spirit that we were yeah. talking about last week with Black Flag. I mean, I can see that with Little Richard, just pushing boundaries for yeah. for, for music and bringing yeah, people yeah. to a a place of immediacy and urgency. And it's every that's everything yeah. I love about rock and roll. I love yeah, yeah, the immediacy yeah. of it. I love the urgency of it. And I love the nowness of it. And I, I and I like the fact that it also I feel like rock and roll doesn't take itself too seriously yeah which is fun which which also makes it fun like a rock and roll song can move you it's but good, it can it's a also good time, man yeah yeah, it's, yeah yeah it's a man it's like it's you ever hear rock 88 yeah like oh, yeah, turner yeah, man yeah. you know everyone in my car is gonna get a little nip it's like it's having a good time yeah he was uh in that uh, the library of congress interview he was talking about ike turner and how he kind of like kind of like stole some of his uh Oh yeah, man! Licks and stuff, you I know. Mean, kind let's, of thing. let's let's talk like too, like Turner, Chess, yeah. Chess Records, Rocket eighty eight, loud single. If you haven't heard that record, put it on. It's awesome. If you like garage rock, yeah. anything like that, it is. Oh, it's it's such a killer single. Yeah, yeah, Ike Turner, man, like for real. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying he was a good dude, that but might, I'm saying that might be another show. Yeah, that might be another. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah. yeah, 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 we could do that. So, so. Anyway, let's uh, let's hop back up on a timeline because what ends up happening is is that so little Richard he's releasing this stuff you know he releases the fifteen hit singles in three years and then what does he do? He's like, man, I gotta start thinking about God. Yeah. So he just drops out. He's like, nope, see ya, you know. And it's like the um, yeah, he became like born again. Yeah. So he becomes born again. Decides he's not gonna do like the the rock and roll stuff, but then he does go on a tour. Right, he goes to Europe, and that's where he meets the Beatles. Yeah, so that's, I think that's how the timeline goes. So that's after his like he leaves rock and roll for an extended amount of time, though, before he yeah. goes on that tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think it's I think it's nineteen 
60... I know it's by, like, the end of the 50s. He he really leaves rock and roll. Yeah, I, from what I saw, I it was, like, like 1962, he becomes... The, the Born Again era happens. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's that late. I Yeah, yeah. That's what I had... That's what I read anyway. Okay. I don't know. Fact check us. If you like, like and comment and yeah. all that stuff and tell us if we're wrong. Yeah, tell us if we're wrong, you know. We're, we're trying to do this the honest way, not just Google everything while we're talking to you guys. Yeah, you know, we're, <laughs> we're really just trying to have a conversation yeah. about, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music. We do some research, of course, but... Yeah, do you know. Um, also, real quick, interesting fact about Little Richard that I had no idea about that I read while I was, like, looking stuff up is that he was born with a rare deformity that caused one leg to be shorter than the other. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, I mean, I've, I've read that before. It's, it, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so like, it made well, him, that... like, walk with a... Uh, yeah, he had kind of like a... yeah, a, like a, a swagger. Yeah, like a strut. Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't... I, I had no idea, yeah. So... Um, when he drops out, I also, me and Mike were talking about this earlier, how artists like Jerry Lee Lewis also had that, like, push-pull of right and wrong, and I feel like, I feel like I'll, because a lot of these rock and rollers came from the church, they were very conflicted about what they were doing and singing about in... Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. let's face it, that's the devil's music. If you're, if you're talking time and place, yeah, man. this is what this is being referred to. Yeah, this I mean, is like sinful, lustful devil's music that like causes possession and uh, loss of inhibition. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's what they were selling of, to that. Yeah, 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 of course. Man. So, that's the, that's, I mean, blues was that before rock and roll was that. You know what I mean? It was like, you can't be invoking spirits and hellhounds and all this. You know, there's always kind of been that sort of looming sort of evil narrative behind music that was not music of worship. Yeah. You know, which is like that. I feel like that element too is it's so interesting because it gives, it almost gives rock and roll the power. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it like pushes it into like this, like, Oh, it's taboo, you know? Cause like, Little Richard, like, you know it's like everything else, man. It's your parents saying, "Hey, don't touch the stove when it's hot," and you go, "Oh, what?" And you touch the stove. You know what I mean? It's like there's that thing about you where you're like, "Yeah, I, 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 I feel like rock and roll really tell uh, me not to do it, and I'm going to do it anyway." Kind it of attracts thing. that kind of those yeah. kind of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would totally agree. Yeah, I'm a touch the stove um, kind of guy. Yeah, why not? It's more fun. <laughs> it's more interesting. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, yeah, it's it is interesting that you see a lot of these artists that are kind of like I told Luke earlier. I mean, maybe you could call them founding fathers to a certain degree of like certain styles of music. Like Bob Dylan had the gospel years. You know what I mean? You find this common narrative kind of happening where people are like, "Oh my God, I have to think of, I have to start thinking about my salvation," even when they're like the height of their career, which is like. Yeah, Would which you, is kind of crazy. You know? Oh man. Okay, so here's the debate with that. Would you say that's more of a, a human aspect, or is that like a thing with musicians? Do you think like a successful musician maybe finds that path faster? Maybe are you implying that maybe there's something in that 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 like pushes that 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 creates that tension? I think that. Or would you say it's more it's more human in both? It's kind of. I think this is this is kind of what I think. I think that like. Music has an ability to open one up spiritually. And as a result of opening one up spiritually, eventually you find, say, maybe a spiritual practice that you think about these kinds of things. And then you think about what's right and what's wrong. And you think about, okay, are these lyrics perverse? And if they are perverse, then am I real? Is this really what I should be? You know what I mean? It causes this kind of like, 
internal moral sort of a conflict. You know what I mean? I mean, I was born and raised Eastern Orthodox Christian, Greek Orthodox Christian, whatever, you know, and there was definitely, there are, you know what I mean? There's times, man, when you're just like, man, am I really making the devil's music here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. And I don't know. I, I can't answer that question, but on one end, you think about that, but on the other end, you know, you you turn a Marshall stack up to ten and you crank out an E chord, and you're just like, oh no, that's okay, it's yeah, fine. Rock and roll like noise pollution. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, exactly, you know. But I prefer the stance of I I, I plead the kiss, which is God gave rock and roll to you, oh, and yeah, I try to. No, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> and I and that's where I'm just like, you know what, man, it's I'm, all it's all one anyway. It's all, it's all just different. The kiss. I plead the kiss. It's all side. <laughs> It's just different sides of the same coin, you know what I mean? That's the way I try to look at it. Because if it's pure and it's love and you're putting things into, like, uh, artistic expression, I think that that regardless of what aspect of humanity it represents, it's still valid and meaningful. And I feel like you know? watching later interviews with Little Richard, I feel like he found that in himself. I feel like he came to terms. He's like, yeah, yeah. man, rock and roll, it is what it is. And I'm still... Yeah. I'm still he likened a man it, man. of God, like which is that, cool, man. That interview, right he, he said in that interview, uh, the Congress one, where he's like, he was in Australia, I think, when the, uh, the decision to become born again happened. And he had, he said something along the lines of where he was like, I felt like if I didn't make good with God, that if I got on the plane to come back home, that something bad was going to happen. So I decided to give it all up and then I got on the plane he's like I felt if I didn't if I didn't kind of make this sort of like pledge or what you know what I mean yeah uh, that uh, that that he he felt like he was gonna be like in danger to get on the plane to come back home so he did that you know in other words it, that that is something right you yeah know? that that fact that he's he feels so conflicted at that point and he's like well you know and he starts getting superstitious in that way where he's like if i don't if i'm not born again right i'm gonna die on the plane home you mm-hmm. know that's and i feel so. like the other aspect of that right so little richard drops out of music but let's just talk about how one man really like just soared on 15 songs 20 songs yeah. Or his whole life—it's yeah. amazing because they're that good. Yeah, the only other that person... man wrote like twenty songs, and like, or it's just like you know the catalog. It's like of I'm talking of like the real deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's know, dense. The specialty it's, stuff. It's dense. Man. It's reduced. It's, it's it's the stuff everybody knows. It's yeah. the stuff that's baked in your DNA. You know every yeah, you yeah, know yeah. every part of it. You heard it so many times in culture and songs, commercials, and you know it's and everything yeah it's absolutely. in the beatles records it's in you know this record it's on that artist record it's you know you yeah. know it it's just it's on sesame street <laughs> yeah i mean like, yeah really good golly <laughs> yeah good golly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and um yeah there's just something i don't know there's something so pure about it and i and and to think about that like the only i mean who was who, Another major figure, I think, who did something the way that Little Richard did was probably, like, Robert Johnson, right? Because you had a lot of the... You had the Blind Lemon Jeffersons, the Charlie Pattons and stuff, and they'd go around and they would play songs. They had original songs, whatever. But in the way that, like, Robert Johnson came out and he just... He recorded, like, same thing. It's like there's, like, 24 or 25 original Robert Johnson recordings, and they're all songs that he wrote, like, they're originals. And they just became, like... Everybody plays Sweet Home Chicago. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everybody. You go to a blue, you know, you, 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 
you go to a low-key blues festival in like some town in New England, they're playing Sweet Home Chicago. You go to the House of Blues in Chicago, they're playing Sweet... You know, it's... So that's, I think, a, that's an accomplishment, man, to just have... Just purely legendary. Yeah, that's what I mean in that way where you're like laying it down for all the generations after you to be influenced by what it is that you're doing. So. Yeah, just push, he pushed, he kicked the door right open. Yeah. Kicked it and everybody ran through. And what's interesting is that uh, in the interview, he, it, then that interview is in 84, right? So all this gospel stuff happens and all that, like late 50s, early 60s, the born again thing and all that. And then, okay, of course, he does he does come back after the fact, but... Even in 84, um, he is talking about the, you know, you know, like the original go at it and stuff. And he is still very much just like, I'm just thankful to God that I was able to make a contribution to humanity, like all glory to God kind of thing, you know? So it's interesting to see that he's still, at least in 84, I don't know about, you know, I don't know the guy, <laughs> about the guy really recently, but at least in 84, he's, he's still, you know, very much just kind of like, you know, what keeping his spirituality in mind and, so, you know. So, do, do you, I mean, we mentioned the artists that were influenced. It's almost every artist that came after. But yeah. can you yeah, think yeah. of, like, any, like, maybe, like, more modern artist that, like, you see in the Little Richard? Or, like, see, like, and it doesn't have to be, like, his their music sounds alike. Just, like, who he was. Well, yeah, I think that you get that in, like, okay, can you... Den- We'll, we'll say this, right? I mean, Little Richard early on, part of the drag scene, what you know, and all that stuff. I mean, you flash a little bit forward to, you know, the late 60s, who you have like an Andy Warhol, say, who's making like films with cross-dressing and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like this sort of like pushing the envelope yeah, um, kind of thing. Also, like it, that mentality influences not necessarily only music, but also actual yeah, like who he Visual was. Visual arts and stuff like yeah. that, kind of a lifestyle, like who he was too. Life, he was a know? he wore makeup, like makeup mm-hmm. and rock and roll, like David Bowie, Kiss, Prince. Like I look at Prince and I look at Little Richard and I see that like line, like right back, like oh, it's yeah, the great yeah, yeah, story yeah. of rock and roll. It's yeah. awesome. Like yeah. you can just like you can see it. The music is different, but like that, like it's almost like you know what I mean. Like yeah. it, it's just like. It you can see it forming and it just gets well because if you grand and yeah. more like more designed and more like epic and it's because it's, yeah. it's so cool and if you look at it in that way where it's kind of more um, flamboyant uh, fashion choices and makeup and stuff like that then you also can't deny that like yeah like Little Richard looked good for his day man like he was trying all, to look good I'll I'll draw this line man Little Richard T Rex yeah you know what I'm saying like. Glam rock, the whole thing that you know that kind of all came oh out God, of like, like you let's know what just I mean. Talk about how like T Rex too is like that kind of you know. Yeah, it's just glammed up rock, but if you reduce it down, it's all long it's, tall Sally. It's yeah. all slipping like, and sliding. That's it's it, all, man. It's the what the one four five. It's the I don't know, man. It's all rock and roll, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be bad if I got that wrong. <laughs> Someone's gonna be like, it's actually uh, one. Uh, Anyway, one three five, one three five. Not one three five. Who cares? I just play the blues, man. I don't need to know. <laughs> That's not rock and roll to me. That's not rock and roll. Counting an album counts now. I played the kiss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'd say. Um, do you feel good? Man? I feel good, man. You, feel uh, good? you know, rest in peace, Little Richard. Yeah, man. And like, uh, Little Richard really set me off looking at a alternative history to music that I had never really realized was 
directly mm. under the current. And I'm just thankful that we have some music to listen to. Yeah. And uh, God gave rock and roll to you. God gave rock and roll to you. Make sure you get in the garage with us as often as we get in the garage with ourselves. Even though it's not a garage, it's a dining room. <laughs> now it is. The garage was too bad, guys. I'm sorry. But it's a cool, it's a cool podcast name. So I mean, yeah, also in it. here, though, like there was definitely some truck reversing, backing up that, you know, you're going to hear in the middle of this. The ambulance. Yeah. The ambulance. Yeah, that was What fun. are you going to do? Yeah, it's okay. Guys, it's rock and roll. We're giving it's you... rock and roll. It's we're giving you up. an aesthetic mm. of where we are. Yeah. So, anyway... Anyway, rest long in, live rock and roll. Rest in peace to the king. Yeah, rest in peace to the king of rock and roll. The real king of rock and roll himself. Yeah, it's Little Richard, man. Little Richard. Get we'll in the garage. Get in the garage. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye-bye. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.